We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. All right, cool. Well, if you have a Bible today, let's open up to Psalm chapter 90. It's hard to believe that the new year is just a couple of days away. Uh, you know, it seems to me that time is traveling a lot faster these days. Have you guys noticed that? It's just speeding up, man. You're like, where did 2012 go, you know? Augustine said something interesting. He said, time never takes time off. And it's so true. It's like relentless. And I think it's clear and now that 2013 is here. So I hope it's okay, you guys. What I want to do is take one more week off of 1 John and study this passage, this subject, the truth on time. And here's the reason. Because I believe that we want to take advantage of the new year. Don't you guys like New Year's in, in one sense? Because it's kind of an opportunity for a new beginning. And I tell you what, man, God is, is I, I think, he's really into that. Um, that's why we have days, new day. You wake up in the morning and it's like a new day, opportunity, man. New week, new month, and even new years. And so he wants us to start off strong and to come out of the blocks appropriately. And in this issue we call time, he wants us to live the year obediently and end the year victoriously. You know, because the bottom line is years are time measurements, made up of 365 days, 8,760 hours, even 525,000 minutes. And so here I am now, I'm 46 years old. I've had like 24 million minutes in my life, 24 million moments in my life. And the question is, how have I spent them? You know, it's kind of like money. You know, we've made a lot of money. What have you done with the money you've been given? Have you invested them well or have you wasted the funds that God's given to you? Time is a lot like that. And so it's a cool uh, time, I think, to just stop and, and just ask the Lord, Lord, you know, let me reevaluate my life. Am I filling my days with things that have purpose, things that are infinite? And, and so I wrote a little poem, and so you guys bear with me on this, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, time. It's kind of the stuff that life is made of. It's easy to waste when always in haste. It flies by so fast when you wish it would last. Many people will say, well, I don't have enough time. But the truth is, that's not true. That's only a lie. You see, time is a gift given from God. And we do have the time. Although that sounds odd, we do have the time to do what He wills. Not this world's agenda, not our own life thrills. When we take the time to find out His will for our weeks or our days, whether moving or still, then life will be blessed and not pressed and not stressed. Yes, life will be peaceful and life will be fruitful and true when we find what our Father wants us to do. He will make something beautiful, a work of his love, when we give him the time, stuff that life's made of. And you see, guys, if we're better stewards of time, 
Uh, man, what's God going to do in your life? You know, I think all of us would hear, would say, you know what, I, I waste money sometimes. You know, I shouldn't have bought that or whatever it is, you know. And I think a lot of us here, if we were honest, we could say, you know what, I waste a lot of time. I need to use it more wisely. Here's the thing, man. Some of you guys are brilliant. And if you took the time, uh, even me, I think, if I took the time, I could probably know multiple languages by now. Wouldn't that be cool? I could probably know Greek. I could probably know Hebrew. I could probably know Spanish, you know, the biblical terms, if I took the time. I could probably know, and I know this is a challenge, but Khmer, the Cambodian language, if I invested my time more wisely. If I was a better steward of my time, I'd be a, a better husband, a, a better dad, a better friend, a better son, a better servant. Believe it or not, that's how important it is and that's why it's so important that you and I, we don't allow uh, time to just fizzle away. You know, when I consider these things, and I realize how important it is, I, I, I come to this verse and a, and a few others, and I, and I really pray this prayer. Look what it says in Psalm 90, verse 12, you guys. It says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, we need to be taught. <laughs> We need to be taught that time is a treasure. We need to be taught to number our days, to realize in one sense that every single day is an opportunity. That every single day is like a, an opportunity to seize the moments that we have because we might not have tomorrow. And so it's something that I pray God would teach us. I pray it's something not only he would teach us, but he would touch us. He would empower us to know this, that, that we got to come to him and check in for marching orders. And then go out and march. It's a gift God's given to us, this thing called time. Some of you guys, you got a lot of years. Some of us, we don't know. None of us knows. And so God teach us, he says, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need to be good stewards of the time that God's given to us. You know, and I know this is not a perfect illustration, but it's kind of like in the new year, some of you here, um, you're going to go on a diet, Right? You're going to start exercising, right? Even though it's been 27 years, you're going to do it. Right, yeah, your resolution, you know? And I was thinking about food, okay? Here's a different issue, but food. Some of you here, uh, you, um, you don't eat enough. There are, there are, like, probably two of you here. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, there are some of you here that you don't eat enough. And there are some of you here that you're really good with the way that you eat, your diet, you're really good. But for most of us here, probably the, the fact is you eat too much. We eat too much, right? For a lot of us here. Now, when you're younger, it's not really a big issue, but eventually it catches up to you, and you are what you eat, so I would encourage you to eat good. But anyways, the same is true when it comes to the things that we have on our calendar, the things that we have on our schedule. Uh, some of you here, you're not doing enough. There are some of you here that, you know, I don't want to get weird, but, but you're lazy. You know, you're lazy. There's not a lot, but there's, most, there's some people that, that they don't do enough. There are some that are doing just right. They're doing just right, praise God. But for most of us here, I think in America, we're doing too much. We're doing too much. And so, you know, that's where, when we come to our study today, in one sense, I was thinking about it this way. Picture yourself, you got your truck full, and you've been carrying this load all year long. Now it's time to make a stop, 
and to check out your load and to find out what stays and what goes so that now we can go forward in the new year obediently. Now we might end the year and even end life victoriously. Now does that mean that we'll never be busy? No, that's not what that means. As a matter of fact, let's start over in the Gospel of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, and notice it says in verse 30 that the apostles gathered to Jesus and they told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. You know, that's cool. They were just, you know, reporting to the Lord. They had been kind of busy doing things. And so it says in verse 31 that Jesus said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. Think about that. And so they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitudes saw them departing and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. And they arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. And so we have here a story, an interesting story, in which the apostles were so busy. Think about that. They were so busy that they didn't even have time to eat. And so the Lord says, hey, guys, you know what? Let's take, a, let's take a lunch break. You know, let's go over to this place right here in the Sea of Galilee, Lake of Galilee. They get in the boat and just go over to this place and we'll have a little lunch break. But what ends up happening is all the people see them and all the multitudes of people, you know, and some even from that area, they follow them. And when they get there, they're just like thronging the Lord. And so he hasn't eaten. They haven't eaten. They haven't rested. The Lord wants them to, but, 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 but. You know, the needs of the people, the spiritual needs of the people at this juncture of their life supersede the physical needs of the people, even their need for, for rest, even their need for food. And so what ends up happening is the Lord, he, he sees all the people, man. He loves them so much because when you love somebody, you put their needs before your own needs. Jesus loves us so much that he died for us on the cross. That's his heart. And so what does he do? He just ministers to them, right? He ministers to them. And, and what's the, the moral of the story? Well, there's a lot of things going on here. But one of the things that we see is that there are times in the ministry, in life as Christians, where we are going to be busy. There's a lesson in this when it comes to time, and that is that there are times in life when Life is busy, doing the will of the Father. Sometimes even in ministry, when you're hand in hand with Jesus, you're making those type of sacrifices to the Lord. Sometimes that's the way it is. And so I don't want to get weird and say you should never be busy. But here's the question. Was it always like this for the disciples? And of course we answer no, right? I mean, we know it wasn't always like this because otherwise they would have suffered from sleep deprivation and they would have died from starvation. So it wasn't always like that. And so when you read the Bible, we've got to understand it happens occasionally where you're busy. And sometimes I know that's what seasons of life are, where, where you might be busy or a day. But it happens occasionally, but it shouldn't happen regularly. You see, and that's what we find in the life of the Lord. And so what we need to do, and I know this is difficult, but you need to literally guard 
the time. Because otherwise what ends up happening, man, is just, it just gets so crazy and you get too busy. Bottom line is most people in our country, even Christians, tend to be too busy and they're tired and they're hungry and they're rushed and they're crushed and they're defeated and they're depleted of the energy that God gives them to do what he wants them to do. They're not only bad stewards of time, but what ends up happening is when you're a bad steward of time, then you become a bad steward of everything else that God has entrusted to you. One day we're going to stand before God if you're a Christian and you're going to give an account. How did you do with your family? How did you do with your finances? How did you do with the gospel? How did you do even with your body? All these things we're going to give an account to the Lord. And, and all those things are really under the banner of whether or not we were good stewards of the time that God gives us. You see, when you become a bad steward of time, it affects all other areas. And, and the way that we have to approach this is we have to see this whole thing as a treasure. I don't know about you, man, but I wake up in the morning and I thank God that my heart's still beating. I do. I mean, you, when you get my age, right, you, do, you just don't know, right? And, uh, and so I thank God for another day with my family and I want to make the most of it. You know, one person said it like this. Let's just say you had a bank that credited to your account every morning $86,000. Would that make you happy? Yeah, I think it would, right? But let's just say that in that whole situation, it carried over no balance from day to day. At evening, it canceled whatever part of the amount you failed to use during the day. And so if that were the case, what would you do? If you were wise, you would draw out every cent every day, and you would use it for the glory of God. Well, we do have such a bank, and that is filled with a different type of treasure. It's called the treasure of time the measure of time. And every morning it credits you with 86,400 seconds. And every night it rules off as lost whatever you failed to invest towards the glory of God. It carries over no balances. It allows no overdrafts. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the wealth is wasted. There is no going back. There is no drawing from yesterday or even tomorrow. You see, the treasure is today, every day, every moment, every minute should be spent for the glory of God. And so we find, you know, that we live in a world in which most people say, well, I don't have enough time. And on one side of the coin, that's true. But on the other side of the same coin, it's not. Here it is. See, there isn't enough time to do all that you want to do or to do all that he wants you to do or she wants you to do or all that the world wants you to do. There isn't enough time. But there is enough time to do all that God wants you to do. Watch, go over to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, To everything there is a season, a time, for every purpose under heaven. Really important verse. It teaches us that there is the right time for everything, but it also teaches us that there is enough time for everything that the God of heaven wants you to do. And I tell you what, man, that is a beautiful promise. The truth is where God guides, God provides, and he provides all that's necessary, whether it be the money or the manpower or the, or the treasure or the time. 
And if God's not guiding and providing, then God's not guiding. And this right here is such a, a beautiful promise for us to be able to hold on to. And so here's my question, you know. And I don't know about you, but I'll get a little personal. You know, why is it? Because I need this study. You know, it's like the end of the year. I, th I probably got things to unload. Why is it that so many of us who love the Lord find it so difficult to find the time? You know, why don't I have the time to write one letter a week to a man who's incarcerated? Why is it that I don't have the time to visit that man who's sick and isolated? Like, well, I don't have the time. Are you sure? You know, why is it that I don't have the time to make that important phone call or to take that important phone call? Well, I don't have the time. Are you sure? Why don't I have the time? Sometimes for some people, why don't you have the time to spend with God, sitting at his feet, kneeling down in prayer, in the study of his word, asking God to speak to you because of the plans that he has for you? Why, why don't you have the time? Why don't you have the time to spend obediently with your family? You and your wife, you know, looking into each other's eyes. Or you and your son, you and your daughters, you and your children, one-on-one. -on -one. Why don't you have the time? You say you don't have the time? You know what? That might, not, my, 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 that might just be a line. Because there are other things that are in your life that don't belong. Why don't I have the time? How many books did you read this year? Why don't you have the time to read good books from good Christian authors who are good gifts to the church? I don't have the time. Are, are you sure that's the reason? And I think I can even safely ask this question. Why don't I have the time to exercise faithfully and take care of my body for God's glory physically? Why not? Oh, I don't have the time. Are you sure? Now, I know spiritual matters are important, more important than physical matters, but a lot of times I think it's just an excuse because in the end, we're not all that great stewards of time. The truth is, if I fall in any of those areas, then I've been disobedient. And it's a very important treasure that we have this thing called time. You know, and we can make comparisons. I told you guys like finances. Teach your children at a young age how important it is to be good stewards of their finances. That way when they get older, they won't get in debt and they'll be able to invest in the kingdom. It's a real important lesson, and even this lesson of time. You know, when you're young, you, you know, you don't, you don't realize it. Do you guys remember, for, for those of us who are older, that when the summers happened, that they were like two years long? Do you guys remember that? Summers were long, and it was like, oh, you know, believe it or not, you couldn't even wait to get back to school by the end of summer. And um, now it's like, you know, like three months feels like three days. Time flies when you get older. One poem said this, When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. And later as I grew, time flew. Soon I shall find, while traveling on, time gone. And when time is over, man, when we're there, in eternity, where there's no more time. Will we be able to look back and say, God, I did the best with the time that you gave me on earth? That's why it's important for us to understand how important time is. 
Time will be over. We've got to be good stewards. One individual said, you can't kill time without injuring eternity. We have no place in killing time or wasting time. It's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it. Give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny minute, yet eternity in it. Every single time. And so you're like, okay, what can we do? Well, let me just go over a few things. We'll start over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 8. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And I, I like that. He's speaking to Christians and he's saying, man, you know, find out what's, what's cool with God. What's acceptable to the Lord? And you know, that sometimes that takes an earnest effort, right? He says, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever it makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You know, he's kind of just talking like in a general sense to Christians, and he's saying, you know, um, walk carefully, walk circumspectly, walk obediently, walk in the light, don't walk in the darkness, don't walk in wickedness. As a matter of fact, he tells them, and he's speaking to Christians, he kind of tells them, wake up. Wake up, he says right there, <laughs> Awake, you who sleep. And I think that, to be honest with you, when it comes to the whole issue of just my schedule and just, you know, days, we kind of just let things unfold. It's almost like we're asleep, like the enemy's pulling one over us. And, and what God says, wake, wake up. He says, you need to see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And here it is, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time, that's what we need to do, redeeming the time. You see, in one sense, time needs to be bought back from the enemy who is evil. The Greek word right here, translated redeeming, speaks of paying a price to recover from the power of another, to purchase for one's use. And in the world that we live in, you guys, and especially this, I know we're blessed to be in the United States of America. We are. This is still probably, you know, the, the greatest country in the world. But I'll tell you what, it just, there's like, there's like thieves everywhere. Thieves everywhere. And not only are they wanting to steal your car, your, you know, you know, flat screen or whatever it is, your phone, primarily they want to steal your time. They just rip you off of the time that you have. And so what God is saying, walk circumspectly, buy it back. It's almost like you've got to buy it back. You've got to redeem it because we've lost it. The enemy will try to make you both bad and busy. He wants to deceive you and distract you, and he oftentimes does it by filling and flooding our schedules that things with things that in all reality are foolish or evil or just evil because they're wasteful. And out of the will of God. I mean, I always, and I don't want to sound weird, but I always try to just, you know, share with you guys that God has amazing plans for your life, beautiful plans for your life. 
I don't know what it is, but for all of us here, maybe you're going to be a president of the United States one day. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the great and amazing and life-changing, rock-rolling, rock-changing, world-rocking, changing plans he has for your life. You know, I, I was a combination of rock this world or just, just change the world. You know, I mean, what the destiny is for you, I don't know what it is, but the enemy will just do everything to take you off that path, God's path. And he does it a lot of times just by distracting you making you busy and, and not focused on that plan that God has for you. And so, you know, in looking at this right here, I think for us in America, man, we are definitely big time challenged, you know, uh, too much television, way too much television. I, I can just sit there and watch TV if I'm not careful or just I'll, get, I'll hop on my computer, man, and I, I, next thing you know, I'm just checking out things and, and I almost hear like a inner voice that's saying, dude, what are you doing? That's what the Holy Spirit says to me, you know. And I'm just like, well, I'm just going to check this real quick and check that. Why? What for? Your son's over there. And uh, I tell you what, he'd be willing to talk to you right now. You know, little things. It, it could be big things. Too much time checking my emails. I mean, I, I, on my phone. Dude, maybe in the last five seconds someone sent me an email. You never know, you know. Uh, Facebook, I mean, and you know, and, and, I, and I'm not against those things, don't get me wrong. I mean, they have their place. I love watching I Leave It to Beaver with my wife. You know, every once in a while, we've got a, that time there sitting next to each other. And I'm not talking about getting weird. I don't say you got to get rid of your Facebook account. I believe that can be a great tool if you sanctify it, but it takes, it requires a tremendous amount of discipline. But if you discipline yourself, you can use it to change the other side of the world. You can influence people. But if not, it'll kill you. It'll just rob you of all your time. And God says, you know, be careful with these things. Redeem the time. Worrying and hurrying and scurrying here and there and everywhere. See, I, I know we need to just get with the Lord and ask Him for marching orders. I know not everyone here is in the same situation. Some of you here, you have care, you are caregivers or your moms with young children, and it's a little different, it's a little challenging. But for most of us here, it's not that we don't have the time, it's just that we have neglected to redeem the time most of the time. And we tend to waste it. And I, and I think the part, part of the reason we waste this is the same reason we waste money, because we think it's ours, it's not yours. That belongs to God. That's God's money and that's God's time. Erwin Lutzer said this. He said, only eternal values can give meaning to temporal ones. Time must be the servant of eternity. And so we need to be careful, you guys. Be careful. And I'm not just, you know, I'm not saying, well, it's all from you. Because I think a lot of times it's from others, even though we have responsibility to make those decisions. And then those decisions make us. But we're living in a world where everybody has their expectations. Be careful that you're not frustrated or manipulated by the expectations of the world we live in or really anyone other than God. Let God lead your life. Don't let them manipulate you. One person said, time is the coin of your life. It's the only coin you have. And only you can determine how it will be spent. Be careful lest you let other people spend it for you. And so we need to redeem the time, which means we need to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for doing good. Man, you never know what this day God has for you. 
That's why for me, and we'll talk more about it later, but that's why I love to just wake up in the morning and spend time with God because I think if I do that, then I'll get out on the right foot. I'll start going down the right street in the right direction. And it's there that God has something amazing for that day, every day. You just never know. And that's why, you know, we measure time in, in weeks and months and years, and here we are again, and we reevaluate our life. You know, there's an important passage, if you go over just a couple of books to Colossians chapter 4. And it says right here in verse 5, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. And so that's kind of a, a, a way of getting a, a divine detail when it comes to redeeming the time. Here's an example. And what does he say? He says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. And, and that's just talking about you guys going fishing, you know? When was the last time you really went fishing? You went fishing. And, and not just your talk, but your walk, your life, and you're living the life, and you, you're living the life, you know, because you love God and you love them. And so, you know, I don't know how it will be, but somehow there's a reaching out to that individual that needs the Lord. Bottom line is, I've learned that life is short. We don't have a lot of time, and they don't have a lot of time, so we need to make the most of it. We know our time is short. The Bible says in Psalm 89, verse 47, God, that's God speaking to God, remember how short my time is. James 4, verse 14, what is your life? The Bible says it's a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Life is short. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, 29, beware that the time is short so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Imagine that, you know. Life is so short. He's saying that if you have a wife, it's almost as if you should live as if you didn't have a wife. And he's not teaching about neglecting your wife. Because one day, husbands will give an account to God. And that will be on the top of the list. After their relationship with God, their relationship with their wife. So he's not talking about neglecting your wife, but what he is talking about is living with eternity stamped on your forehead. Living, understanding that every single day, how does it affect eternity? How does it impact? How is it a part of the kingdom of God? And that's how he's saying, life is short. Don't waste it, man. Get ready. Look what it says in Romans 13. In Romans 13, he talks about love. Look what he says in verse 8. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. We've been talking about this in 1 John. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And so he's just saying, man, you know, love people. And I, and I pray you guys would have that. We would have this in our heart. Spouses, loving spouses and parents, loving children and children, loving parents and Christians, loving Christians. Christians loving the world. Loving people. That's God's heart, right? And, and look what he says next. And do this knowing the time. 
that it is now high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Just out of curiosity, how many of you here, it's hard to wake you up in the morning? You guys won't admit it, huh? Some people, man, it is just so difficult. And I, and I honestly think it's a, it's a physiological uh, thing. I think part of it is. I don't think it's just, you know, you know, puro laziness. I don't think it's just that, you know. So, but um, for some people, it's just hard to wake them up physically. And I think for a lot of Christians, ah, it's just so hard to, to wake them up spiritually, man. It's like, wake up and realize that you're called to love. What's up with you? What's your problem? When are you going to wake up? Wake up and realize that it's, it's time. I mean, it's time to wake up and do this, right? And, 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 and when you go through life and you realize, this is how I'm redeeming the time. This is how I'm understanding the clock. This is how I'm realizing that I need to live life obediently. Uh, this is, you know, Ro Revelation 2, verse 21, it says, And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she, and she did not repent. And so God was going to judge. See, time is something that we see that even in our life, you know, I know God is long-suffering, man. And God gives us, you know, that, that, that grace. But even God has a deadline. And, and I want to encourage you guys to know this, that, that as a church, you know, we're here to tell you we, that, that God loves you, that Jesus died for you on the cross, that he did all the work. He wants you to be forgiven and free. He wants you to go to heaven when you die. But that's not going to happen unless you give your life to Christ. You surrender your life to Christ. You say, here, I give you the keys you drive. I give you my heart. God, take over my life. You turn from your sins and you trust in Jesus. And he'll help you. He'll help you. He'll help you overcome those things. But eventually, time ends. Eventually, life ends. See, there's a deadline. And that's what we read right here. It's time to repent. And it's time for us, even as Christians, I think, to repent. Of the way that we have frivolously wasted the time that God's given to us. Richard Baxter said something interesting. He said, spend your time in nothing which you know must be repented of. In nothing on which you might not pray for the blessing of God. In nothing which you could not review with a quiet conscience on your dying bed. In nothing which you might not safely and properly be found, doing if death should surprise you in the act. Nothing. I mean, whatever that act is, whatever that moment is, if you were to die at that moment, would it be honoring to God? See, that's how we should invest our moments, invest our, our minutes, invest our time. Because it all belongs to Him. And so let me, let me close with just a, a few things. And I, I think it'd be cool to go over to Luke chapter 10. A story that we come back to frequently because of the importance of it. In Luke chapter 10, in verse 38, 
says, Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. And so it's a, it's a real enlightening uh, teaching, you know, that Jesus is going through town. He comes over Martha and Mary's house, and these are cool ladies. They love the Lord, but Martha is busy in the kitchen. You know, she's probably making some some gnarly tortillas i would imagine man just i would imagine the salsa everything was just really really good you know but there's her sister mary and she's just kicking it she's just sitting there on the couch doing nothing but but what she's really doing and martha doesn't realize it is she's sitting at jesus feet listening to him and so martha after a while she gets tired and she says hey lord tell her to, to get up and help me and the lord just says martha you're busy, you're distracted, you're worried, you're troubled about many things. He says, but what Mary's done is something that, that is needful, that won't be taken away from her. What Mary's doing is right, and that is that she's sitting at the Lord's feet. And, and I want to share this with you guys because I really believe that the way that it works with time is this. The, the same way it is with money. I honestly believe this. When it comes to money, I believe that we have the same stewardship. And, and I really believe, because I have read it in the Bible and I've experienced it in my life, that if you give to God off the top, that if you give to God what belongs to Him, then He is going to provide for you. So you get, you know, let's just say you get $500, and you give to him 50 You know, and again, we're not trying to get your money, man. We're fine as a church. We're blessed. Go give it to another church if you don't believe me. I'm not talking about you giving to the church. I'm talking about God blessing you financially. And I believe the same is true when it comes to time. That if you give to God time, and he's going he's to bless your time. He'll give it back to you. You're going to realize, you're going to, at the end of the day, you're going to say, how did I get all that done today? And you're going to, it's going to be because you spent time with him. And he told you what to do, and he, and he gave you the power to do it. You know, when it's the Lord. I really believe that. I believe you've got to give to God the best of the best, the fat of the firstborn. You give him off the top. Don't give to him when you're, you know, ready to go to sleep. Oh, Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. In Jesus' name. And, you know, it's like, is that the best that you have to give to God? I know for me, uh, for me, it's the mornings. I love the mornings, especially waking up before my family's awake. And it's just me and the Lord or going into the garage. And you give to God the best. For some of you here, uh, I'll admit, it might be the night, okay? Especially some of you young people. But I don't know. You give to God the best. I, I really believe you give to God the time. And you spend time, you know, and it's not that hard. You, Martin Luther, he, they, they said, man, you got a lot to do today. You got more than normal. 
And he said, I better spend the first three hours in prayer. We do it the other way around. We feel like we've got a lot, a lot to do today. And so we might not spend time with the Lord. That's not the way it should be. And I'm not saying you have to pray for three hours. But Jesus, you know, challenged Peter. Hey, couldn't you pray for an hour? Let's just say you pray for half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night. Wouldn't that be cool? Or get into the Word a little bit in the morning. You say, God, speak to me. And I'm not talking about just reading through your Bible. Because one of the things that I do is that I'm reading through my Bible. And I'll be honest with you. I'll read like these ten verses. And then I'll, I'll realize, you know what? I don't know what I just read because my mind was somewhere else. And so then I come back and I read it again. And I'm like, oh, I still don't get it. <laughs> and then I, and I'm like, okay, Lord, help me. And then I read it again. I'm like, okay, that's what Zechariah is trying to say. So I'm not talking about just reading through it and you don't have a clue what you read. That's religion. That's superficiality. I'm talking about a relationship in which you can hear him. And you're into it. I'm not saying you're going to understand everything, but at least you know what it says. And then you begin to learn what it means. But you give to God time. You get into his word, and you get on your knees, and you pray, God, lead me. I believe that. That's what Mary was doing right here. That will be the key to your entire life. If you don't have quiet time with God, you know, I know he still loves you, but you will miss your mission. You got to have that quiet time with the Lord. I think that's the first thing. That there are times that we will be super busy, but we need to give to God off the top. We need to let God write our schedule. And I think that the morning is kind of a good time. Benjamin Franklin said, the morning has gold in its hands. And so let me close you guys by, by, by this poem right here that I wrote. And I want to read it to you one more time. It says time. It's kind of the stuff life is made of. It's easy to waste when always in haste. It flies by so fast and we wish it would last. Most people will say, I don't have enough time. But the truth is, that's not true. That's only a line. You see, time is a gift given from God and we do have the time, although that sounds odd. We do have the time to do what He wills, not the world's agenda, not our own thrills. When we take the time to find out his will for our weeks and our days, whether moving or still, then life will be blessed. Then life won't be stressed. Yes, life will be peaceful and fruitful and true when we find out what our Father wants us to do. And he will make something beautiful, a work of his love, when we give him our time, the stuff that life's made of. Did you guys know that the average American Lifetime, they're going to spend six months sitting at stoplights unless you run them. Do any of you here run them? <laughs> Eight months opening junk mail. Crazy, huh? Here's a good one. One year looking at misplaced, looking for misplaced objects. For some of you here, two years. <laughs> Four years doing housework, ladies. Five years waiting in line, six years eating. <laughs> but I wonder, you guys, how much time we will spend in the wonderful will of the Lord. Tell you what, time will tell. 
Father, we thank you for allowing us to study your word, I pray. Lord, for everyone here, that you would just help us to redeem the time. Lord, I thank you for your love for us that never changes. And it's not that you're going to stop loving us if for some reason we don't get this all together. I know that never changes. But it's just that you have this relationship that's so beautiful and these plans that are so amazing. And uh, I don't want to miss out on that, Lord. And I pray that no one here would want to miss out on that. Give us wisdom, Lord, and everything. And Father, I pray if there is anyone here who is not a Christian, that as we close today, today would be the day of salvation, that they would choose to follow Jesus. You would save them, Lord, a work that only you can do. And just as we're closing today, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you're not a Christian, but you want to give your life to Christ, you want to know for sure that when you die, You'll go to heaven. You want all your sins forgiven. You want to be set free. You want a new start. You want to turn from your sins and trust in Jesus. Uh, right where you're at, I just want you to raise your hand, real simple, and we're going to pray for you. If you want your name to be written in the book of life, I want to give you that opportunity. Anyone here, just raise your hand so we can pray for you. The Bible talks about how multitudes are in the valley of decision. And I know it can be difficult, man, to, to raise your hand or to make that decision, but don't worry about what anyone else thinks. This is something between you and the Lord. And by raising your hand, you're just simply saying, man, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. So anyone here? Thank you, Lord, for the hand that went up. Praise God. This is between you and the Lord. Don't worry about anyone else. You want to go to heaven? Anyone else? Father, I thank you so much uh, for the hand that went up, Lord. And I know you saw, and I know you're good. And I know you're doing a good work in our lives, Lord. We pray that you would continue, Lord, just to fan the flame and be glorified. Help us as a church to follow you and to represent you well. Lord, I pray for anyone here that might be discouraged or downhearted, heavy-hearted, Father. I pray especially for those that are being harassed by the enemy, Lord, that they would look up and realize uh, the King is coming, Lord. You're so good. Do a great work, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.